Drunk Dish contains adult language that may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Drunk dish with three delicious dishes. Explore food history and get pickled in the process. This is episode number eight: congealed salads in the depression. Because anytime you say depression, you need to say it with a little flair. Yep. <laughs> I'm Melissa. I'm Amy, and I'm Kate. Oh my god, we went out of order. Oh no, that's weird. That's I paused because I was like, "Shit, who goes Wait, next?" Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't. Actually, are we going left to you, Lucy, or right to me? It doesn't actually it's a matter. Circle. Yeah, it doesn't actually matter. I just, it's just usually we mm. go meet Kate and then Amy, but it doesn't actually matter. Yeah, it Anyways, it. yeah. So every week we ask ourselves one food related question. Um, and we have recently decided that that is now Kate's job Yay. because she's so fucking good at coming up with these questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Kate, what is our question? Okay. Um, question of the week. Um, think of a food that everybody loves like it's their favorite thing or it's all over the place people just love it and you do not you are not a fan something that is like off-putting to you or Mm -hmm. you've just nope not not my thing um thoughts I have a lot okay (laughs) but I'll pick one okay because I do have a lot I also have a lot of things that like I wish I liked that Mm. people like oh yeah yeah, like olives like I I really wish Mm -hmm. I liked Mm -hmm. olives yeah but I fucking hate them and I try them like once a year just thinking maybe my tastes have changed and then I usually end up spitting it out because mm-hmm. it's gross um but my thing Delicious. is bu- uh, <laughs> buffalo anything yeah oh I <gasps> fucking hate buffalo I hate the taste of it I hate the smell of it yeah it's horrible oh my god it's terrible really oh my god how did I never know this about it's you it's just fucking hot sauce and butter delicious it's disgusting Uh, like i wouldn't just drink straight hot sauce why would i put this on my chicken wings or my cauliflower like (laughs) like there's so many fucking recipes for like buffalo cauliflower Mm -hmm. buffalo veggies and i'm like ew disgusting and then like so many people at my work fucking love buffalo wings so they'll get them for lunch and then you walk into the break room it is a to yeah. smack you in the face. It is a smack you in the face Fucking kind of smell. slammed in the face with this like pungent hot sauce Ooh. flavor and I hate it. So you hate Tabasco? Like so Tabasco. Okay. Yeah, for because sure. there are different kind like there's different not all buffalo sauces made the same like not sure. all buffalo sauce. I mean generally buffalo sauce is is hot sauce and butter I know the original buffalo is um what's that hot sauce it's not Tabasco um it's a very specific kind of hot sauce that they use in Buffalo New York right 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 to right. create buffalo and I can't remember what Pete's? it is um what is it called I can see the bottle yeah me too and I can't figure out Frank's. what it was it's Frank's Frank's hot sauce that's right yes, yes. but that's sorry like, Joe um yes it's that's Frank's essential it's just hot sauce like and I don't know, like I like sriracha. 
I mean, I don't do good. I don't do well with super spicy. Right, right. And I like sriracha because I feel like it has more depth than just definitely. like hot because it's got mm-hmm. like garlic and yeah. like fermented stuff in mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even like sriracha, I wouldn't be able to handle sriracha. Just on wings. Hot wings. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah, I would yeah. not be able to handle it. But that the buffalo sauce smell is so specific mm-hmm. and I hate it so much. Well, it's very vinegary and it's yeah. very like just that's very interesting. Huh. All right. I hate it. Luckily, cosine. Lu- yeah, I agree. <laughs> Luckily, Greg doesn't really seem to like buffalo either. So like yeah. he never gets buffalo, buffalo, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. mostly at work. People will get buffalo wings and I'm just like, oh, I walk into the break room and my nose burns mm. and I'm just like, yep. why are you eating? this? Yeah, I'm a giant fan of buffalo wing- Mo- wings. Most people are. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So but I also really like. Like I know that this is embarrassing. I really like Hooters wings. Like I think I've heard things, and they're not, but they're not the same. Like that's the other thing is like it's not just Frank's and butter. It's Mm -hmm. like I think their own. They put like different seasoning, whatever it is. Yeah, 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 it's probably hot sauce, butter, and then like a few other Other things. things. Like I've had, you know, like honey sriracha wings yeah, or whatever and but I that's not buffalo I can't eat a lot of them right. but I can you know I like them and yeah. the smell doesn't revolt me whereas buffalo yep it 100%. is a very it is a very like it. smack you in the face yeah oh, my God, all right I hate okay that's yeah. a that's a good one that is is it my turn yeah okay I uh, like most food um <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah this might have been too easy for yeah, you yeah no I, I mean I'm very picky mm. so a lot of foods like people really love and I'm like like I don't understand the appeal buffalo wings are one of them um lobster like and being in New England like lobster's mm, really that's big sacrilegious here. yeah and it's like one, it seems like a lot of fucking work it is, it is. yeah it's really messy and I hate messy food mm-hmm. thank you like i don't want to eat anything that requires me to wear a bib mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes and then three it's like it's not worth it it's not worth all that mess oh and that well and it's expensive and it's expensive because you too. could get a lobster roll and right that, there's no work that, there yeah but then like i just don't like the taste right yeah that's it. a that's a that's yeah i can't eat lobster because mm-hmm. you'll die um I probably wouldn't die, but it would be a not fun time. Yeah. Um, but before I developed a shellfish allergy, because apparently that's a thing. I had lobster when I was a kid mm-hmm. um, and I was never like I would eat a couple pieces of it. But it, it's very rich. Yeah. And very like buttery. And then you put more butter on it. And it's just and I know that's like Kate is like losing her mind oh, yeah. because Kate and Greg are fucking obsessed with lobster it's true it's i mean true. most people in new england are i feel i feel like it's a thing like yeah. when i well Maine lobster is like yeah i mean that's world end all be yeah. all correct lobster. Yes. Yeah. yeah 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 i have one more thing mm-hmm. that which i feel like everybody loves pickles like you order a sandwich and it uh-huh. comes with a pickle yeah and like a, like i fucking hate pickles what i think that they're like the herpes of <laughs> Wait, what? Um, so wait of like side things Ex- that you can get with a sandwich because it like the pickle juice gets on everything oh, and everything is, tastes that like that pickle. True. That's, you know what that's a revelation for me because now i understand like bacon is the herpes of food because no matter like bacon just overpowers <gasps> the flavor of anything yeah but i'm here for bacon right but it does the same thing right like it, it overpowers it 
And yeah. I agree. I don't I don't generally like pickles on my sandwiches, but I will eat like a kosher dill. Yeah. Pickle just like me on too. Its Straight I just, up. Like mm-hmm. if if I go to a restaurant where I'm ordering a sandwich, like if I go to a deli or something and it comes with a pickle, I will deliberately ask for them not to put the pickle, even though I if I'm with people who will eat the pickle because they'll make every just don't put on it on my plate. plate. Yeah. Tastes, tastes like pickle. Well, most places will wrap it like in foil. Well, I guess if you're taking it to go, they'll yeah. like wrap it separate but from still, the food. Potato chips that taste like pickle. And my sandwich. <gasps> oh tastes my like god! Pick- have you ever had those dill they're pickle so potato good. chips? Yeah, they're so good. Oh, yeah. So now wait. So are you a? Is are you? Are we talking about dill pickles or all sweet pickles? Pick- I so hate all pickles. All pickles. Well, yeah. And the pickled ones, anything is off the table. Yeah. The ones they served serve with like as like a spear yeah, on the side dill. is usually dill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, sweet pickles, bread and butter pickles. I'm like not here for. Get out of here. Right. Only the only time I'll deal with a sweet pickle is if i'm cutting it up to put into and making tartar sauce with it like that's the yeah I, melissa's face is so good but then it's gotta it's gotta be no way oh see i would put tartar sauce on everything well it's horseradish no, no. you put uh, tartar sauce one of the ingredients is horseradish well maybe maybe i'm maybe i'm like fake fake am tartar i wrong saucy. is tartar sauce I, not made with horseradish no i think it's like usually relish and mayonnaise um, oh. my my cocktails whole- cocktail sauce is horseradish and like tomato base but tartar sauce is usually hold on i'm looking yes, look we're gonna look this um, up so okay so any more yeah. any any more i mean i could i the whole episode could be things <laughs> things that, Amy that doesn't i don't care like or- I'm fucking I'm I did my entire life I thought that tartar sauce was made with horseradish no cocktail this, sauce this yes this says tartar sauce is a condiment primarily composed of mayonnaise and finely chopped capers okay tartar sauce can also yeah. be enhanced with the addition of gherkins other varieties of pickles and lemon juice as well as herbs such as dill and parsley yeah my whole life I've been shunning tartar sauce no, it's, like I'll get like fish and chips or whatever oh, and no tartar sauce because oh, I no. thought I had horseradish no, in it no no it's just it's just I would put tartar sauce on on a burger instead of like mayonnaise or mustard or ketchup like i would put tartar sauce on a chicken sandwich oh yeah because it's like mm. i am fucking yeah my life has changed Mm -hmm. well that's good but i can't believe pickles like you know flashback to my disordered eating there was like a year where i basically only ate dill pickles Uh. i like i ate like a jar of dill pickles a day Uh. so since i've been doing this this thing um i've had and but I'm also kind of a snob when it comes to pickles. I need them to be, they have to be like, Clausen well, like cold right pickles. refrigerated refrigerated pickles. They need to be refrigerated pickles. Yeah, not like if you're finding them in an aisle that's not refrigerated. Fuck off. Don't. That's not a pickle. That's like. Some, <laughs> I mean, I know they're like fermented yeah, or whatever. Fine, whatever, but, but it's not. No, you need that snap. Yeah, you absolutely do. Unless Sorry. I mean, we're talking. About and then <laughs> if it's, I'm a, just making disgusted faces <laughs> while you guys are both like. I can't believe you don't like pickles. Oh, I mean, I can't awesome. believe it. Yeah, you don't, you don't like a lot of. Things. I don't like anything. But pickles are such like. Do you like cucumbers? No. Oh, well, okay. Hmm. Who doesn't like cucumbers? Me. That's who. <laughs> Me. <laughs> I mean, you eat salads now. Yeah, I do. What do you put in them? Lettuce? Uh, I <laughs> I like baby 
spinach and oh, arugula. Good. Like I like bitter. You like you like arugula. Yeah, I like bitter things in my salad. So you might like but collard I mix, greens. I mix it with like strawberries or like oh, orange yeah, slices, okay. like I, or great. apple pieces. Like Ooh, I, that's mm, good. Yeah, mm, like yeah. I'll mix that stuff and quinoa. Is that how you say that? Quinoa. Quinoa. Mm-hmm. Quinoa. Yeah, like I'll like I like like very textural salads. Okay. Like All that's right. shocking to me. Why? That's an absurdly healthy salad. Yeah. Yeah. Like that sounds really, really good really to me. Good I, like, I would eat that for like dinner. Iceberg lettuce. Oh, no, like I hate Parmesan cheese and ranch. Shredded, shredded carrots. I hate all and... three of those things. I hate. You don't like, you don't like Parmesan dressing. cheese? I hate. I don't like Parmesan cheese. <gasps> I don't like ranch dressing. What and I don't of, like iceberg what lettuce. What kind of Italian girl are you? A bad one. We've been over this. <laughs> she makes up for it by bathing in olive oil. True. Yes, that's I do. True. That's Literally true. bathe in olive oil. True, true, true. <laughs> Okay. I cannot believe this. My whole worldview is shattered. <laughs> Melissa's brain just, just When I was exploded. a kid before I liked actual salads, like not even a kid, but like a young adult, like lettuce, ranch dressing, and Parmesan was oh. my fucking jam thing. So good. <laughs> terrible for you. Or like I would go to this place by my high school called Frank's Place. We would mm-hmm. go down and I would get a quote unquote Greek salad, <laughs> but it would only have shredded lettuce, feta and Greek dressing. That's not a salad. That sounds That's, delicious, though. I ordered it as a Greek salad, so it's a salad. Yeah. Give me a Syrian pocket to put that stuff oh in. My, and I'll just delicious. Eat, yeah. mm-hmm. oh. Absolutely. All right. Oh. Okay. So, um, not not I mean some surprising choices but I'm not surprised that you have so many choices so many <laughs> so I have so many two one of them is probably not that weird I hate tuna fish mm. okay, I yeah, hate sure. it I also hate tuna fish so I <laughs> well expected <laughs> it just it just just the all of it just the smell the idea of it fishy. yeah 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 and i love fish like i'll eat lobster until it's going but out of, lobster you know. isn't fishy no and i mean but i'll do haddock or swordfish or salmon whatever salmon's all disgusting yeah that's another one everybody loves i hate salmon mm, i do love me some salmon but no tuna is just um and honestly i think it actually is more because of a when I was in high school, which was a million years ago, um, <laughs> I went to a like save the planet rally thing. And there was a speaker who talked about how it was when um, dolphin safe tuna was all over like, yeah, yeah, yeah. all rage. And they were talking about how even dolphin safe tuna has a certain they're allowed a certain quota of dolphins in their yep. tuna just like there's a certain number of bug particles that right. are allowed in canned vegetables yeah, exactly yeah. and chocolate you know yeah. it's fine so <laughs> ever since then i've just been like no on the on the mm. tuna and now it's just like the idea of it but probably one that might be more more questionable is i don't like barbecue sauce what <laughs> melissa's walking away <laughs> I love barbecue sauce. Yeah, nope. I don't. I don't like barbecue oh. sauce. So I. Okay, let me. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. No explanations. <laughs> I we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> so I make a barbecue sauce that I quote unquote call barbecue sauce that is like brown sugar and soy sauce and garlic powder and all this stuff mm-hmm. and I can that's more like teriyaki sauce yeah it probably is um but like craft 
or whatever sweet baby just, rays yeah that one is like i love sweet baby rays and i love jack daniels barbecue sauce yes see i it's just there i don't know i don't know if it's the molasses maybe that gets me and i like molasses but just like just barbecue sauce and dan will just eat barbecue sauce on like a flip-flop and be happy oh, with say, it me same. <laughs> like, like yeah. just ask greg i fucking well love so i sauce. so i have a question about that because my sister um, is a like she's a barbecue sauce connoisseur and I wonder if that's a vegetarian thing because I mean I eat meat now yeah but meat eaters love barbecue though I that is and true but she sauce. loves barbecue sauce she, like she'll put it on anything yeah I mean and I so I, I think was it's because it like it's reminiscent of like because it's got that like smoky thing well, like, yeah. and you or, can cook it you can cook it in like the oven and it'll still get um like charred Mm-hmm, so like mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need a grill to right. get that like barbecue mm-hmm. yeah like flavor yeah oh my so god so good yeah no bar- barbecue That's sauce funny. oh my just, god i can't mm-hmm. believe that yeah the last time i went out to eat which was last week i ordered a barbecue chicken sandwich and it was so disappointing because i love barbecue chicken but they literally had like a pre-grilled chicken breast that they then just like put barbecue sauce on. I mean, oh. I'd still eat it. I still ate it. I still <laughs> ate the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. But it was so disappointing because like the thing that makes barbecue sauce good is like you said, like those like charred mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. parts, like when it when the, the sugars in it caramelizes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's oh. yeah. No, no, not. not yep. So um. you don't like ribs like barbecue ribs? So. Um, I mean, I I kind of tend to stay away from them because just because I don't like messy. So what I was going to say with the lobster thing and probably with ribs, even with wings and I love buffalo wings like I don't eat any of this stuff out like this is all things that I would either cook at home Mm -hmm. or order and eat in like I will never eat lobster or crabs or anything like that out at a restaurant so like, you don't have to wear a bib in public no no i'm not <laughs> hammering anything on a table yeah with other yeah. people that i don't know that's not no yeah why are you going to oh you mean like the other patrons of the restaurant yeah yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. why are you going well, to no, a because, restaurant with people you because don't a know? lot a lot of like a lot of those kind of seafood restaurants it's like outside on a picnic table yeah like family yeah. dining style with lots of people sure 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 yeah not yeah. my idea of a good time agreed mm-hmm my so. um my this is not the question you asked but my um well like, my segment short today so you bitches just carry on <laughs> um i so when i went to graduate school we had it was like a residency program so we got to go every six months we'd all get together but the rest of it was like online um so the their residency was at this place called star island which is this beautiful island off the coast of new hampshire but it's like a like they have is that where they have the like wild horses or whatever no oh okay um but they have what's called family style dining Mm -hmm. so it's like you know there be people from my graduate program but then also people there for like other retreats like writing or art retreats or whatever that like you didn't know yeah and you all had to sit together as a table that's sat 12 yeah and like you would not get served until your table was full like so like they would not serve half full tables and that is like the idea of like a nightmare yeah to me because yeah. i'm an introvert and i hate making small talk mm-hmm. especially oh with God, people i don't know worse yeah like <sighs> the that's that's the kind of thing is like when you're when you go to a wedding and you're a friend of a friend or you know like yes. you're you're kind of a distant 
friend or Mm -hmm. like used to be really close but you get to sit with the next door neighbor and the hairdresser yeah and you're just like oh my gosh I don't I don't want to I don't no, I don't want to do yeah. this. Give me more vodka because I don't yeah. want to do this. <laughs> if you're going to do that to your friends at your wedding, have an open bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I understand sometimes that has to happen, mm-hmm. but you know, like it's just, mm, but I hear that totally. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Learning well, so all that's all sorts of things about you guys. All today. kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> so Melissa, that's me. tell us what are we going to be drinking today? So this is a congealed salads in the depression. So my drink kind of relates to the, I mean, it actually, it has a very strong connection to the depression, but also kind of not because in researching depression era drinks, I just kept finding articles about how you shouldn't drink to cure depression. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Don't self-medicate. Yeah. I also found a really weird article that was about like a depression cocktail. And I was like, ooh, this is perfect. But then it was like one dash of self-confidence. And like, (laughs) (laughs) I saved saved the whole thing in our OneNote if you want to go look at it. That's great. It's very long. It has a lot of ingredients that have to do with confidence and self-love. Not what I was looking for. That's amazing. Um, (laughs) So what we're going to be drinking is actually a prohibition era cocktail um so we're gonna start with like a really like an extremely brief i hesitate to even call it a history of but extremely brief history of prohibition just in case someone who's listening doesn't necessarily know what it is like literally this is like bare bones Mm -hmm. very basic because we could do an entire episode probably a series on prohibition Mm -hmm. um and also i went i started back at school this week so i did not have like a ton of time to research so how dare you so this is what you guys get (laughs) (laughs) um so prohibition in the united states so it was also known uh, known as the um saddest time in the world noble experiment which i find hilarious um was a ban on production transportation and sale of alcohol um consuming alcohol was not illegal federally so like technically you could still drink alcohol but you couldn't transport it you and you couldn't purchase it and you couldn't sell it and you Mm. couldn't make it Mm. but you could drink it depending on your state because some states also had stricter laws that also banned the consumption of alcohol but the federal law was just that you can't make it move it import it i did not know that or sell it i'm shocked that i just said something that amy didn't know (laughs) um so um, this was from 1920 to 1933. Um, prohibition was made possible by the 18th Amendment to the Constitution, which is also known as the Volstead Act. Um, so like most like laws and amendments, this really didn't. Uh, um, it was made by rich white men hmm. and didn't really affect the rich. It mostly um, affected the working class mm-hmm. because rich people had like these huge sellers full of booze that they could basically like live off of for the few years whereas you know the working poor the working class basically had like a bottle or two of booze at their disposal and once that was gone like they were fucked that's it you don't have anything else um so this led to an increase in organized crime although some historians do dispute that organized crime went up during this period or that it went up enough that it to prove that it was because of prohibition that that was just kind of its natural trajectory and that it was going to go up no matter what 
prohibition was just an easy way for them mm. to kind of get those things going. I don't really know what I believe, but the fact is that it was there was an increase in organized crime. Um, and it also led to the creation of illegal speakeasies that sold moonshine and other homemade al- alcohol like bathtub gin. Um, bathtub gin was one of the um, most common alcohols during Prohibition because it was so easy to make and yet you could eat it in a in a in a bathtub eat it in a bathtub Mm -hmm. make it in a bathtub (laughs) you could also consume it in a bathtub um but also portable stills became super popular um during that time and a lot of people started making their money by making those and then selling them to moonshiners Mm -hmm. um but during the depression um people started to realize that the tax revenue that they were missing from alcohol sales would be a huge boom to the economy Um, so, uh, FDR signed an amendment to the Volstead Act, which was known as the Cullen Harrison Act that allowed for the production of 4% ABV beer or wine, which is like bullshit. Like today's, um, beers and wine, like beer starts at like 5% ABV. Like it's like not even beer if it's less than that. Right. Um, and this is a weird amendment because also in my research, research, I noticed that in the 18th amendment, it actually dictated that alcoholic beverages. Um, well, no, that makes sense because never mind. I'm an idiot. The 18th amendment dictated that alcoholic beverages were anything that was above 0.5% ABV, which is like insane. That's like cough syrup. Yeah. Um, but this this amendment allowed for the production of anything like under four percent, basically. Okay. Um, and part of this decision, besides the depression, was also that there were they were seeing a lot of deaths from like um, manufacture like home manufactured alcohol, and then also people were consuming sterno. <laughs> um, so if you don't know what sterno is, oh my. it's those little when you go to like a buffet and they've got those little cans lit on fire underneath to keep everything warm. That's sterno. So yeah. they would take that and they would um, push it through a filter to get a liquid from it. And then they would consume that. Oh, God. Um, and you, there were a lot of deaths. <laughs> yeah, I feel and there like there are all sorts of horror stories of like people mixing like embalming fluid and stuff to like like yes. fill out. There's like, a lot uh, of horror stories. Oh god! Which, if and when we do a prohibition episode, we can go into that. But there, there was a lot of, there was a lot of bad shit going on. Um, so that happened where FDR signed the amendment um, to the amendment. But then the 18th amendment was repealed on December 5th, 1933, with the ratification of the 21st amendment to the U.S. Constitution. So that repealed prohibition because they were like. We fucking need that money. Yeah. We then need that money, bitches. Um, so the cocktail we're going to be drinking, I basically picked A, because it was invented during Prohibition, but also because it has a really super cute ne- name. It's called the Bee's Knees. Oh, oh the that is cute. Knees. Which is Prohibition slang for the best. Mm. Um, and this was developed to actually hide... Ooh, Sorry. To actually hide the flavor of bathtub gin. <laughs> um, so what this is, is it's gin, um, a honey syrup, which is, which is essentially just honey thinned out um, with water, um, put over low heat so it kind of becomes cohesive and then cooled and then used in the drink, and then fresh lemon juice. Oh. Um, so this was specifically to hide the flavor of bathtub gin since a lot, of, a lot of the drinks that were made during the Prohibition were in speakeasies and they were trying to hide the flavor of like really cheap shitty gin 
So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break so I can mix a drink up and then we'll come back and learn all about uh, discussing congealed salads and the depression for Mimi. Yay. <laughs> Two weeks. That don't do me no good. Here's Ford Auto Man's Bristol. Hold on now. I don't want this pomade. I want Dapper Dan. I don't care Dapper Dan. I care Pop. Well, I don't want Pop, goddammit. I'm a Dapper Dan man. It's like. it, no joke. It's like it's you're recording. Lot. It's a lot of water. Lot I am of, recording. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> we're going to get back to it. So I'm back with our cocktails. Um, so we're going to cheers. Yay. I'm cheers. so going to spill. Cheers. Well, that's why I gave you the coupe glass, even though that's my glass. Ching, 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 ching. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh, oh. You want to try some? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's oh, good. it's good. And it's we're going to have to pause as soon as Kate tries it so that I can um, wipe off. All this alcohol <laughs> on my keyboard. Oh, wow. That's delicious. It's delicious. It's yummy. It's really good. Don't you like it would just, it's like a, um, not. Yeah, the whole, honey and the lemon. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oof. Yes. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made this with um, the, so normally you would make this with um, either bathtub gin. So you can actually get, um, oh, shoot. What's it called? I put a picture of it in the drive. The devil's. Mm-hmm. something gin i tried it before oh it's called devil's bathtub <laughs> that's handy um devil's bathtub gin i have gotten that before and i could not stomach it it was oh, just no. like way too harsh it was very spicy mm-hmm. um so i couldn't handle it um also bar hill gin is real uh i saw recommended a lot to make this cocktail i used tamworth um garden white mountain oh that's gin, pretty which is Look from Oh, Ooh, that's Tam. Yeah, so that's the pretty. one we're drinking. Yeah. So those will be on the um on the blog, but also so that's from Tamworth, New Hampshire, which I really want to go to Tamworth Distilling really, really, really badly. Um, and they just make fucking beautiful bottles. Yeah, like they're gorgeous. So pretty. Um, but they use local botanicals from New Hampshire to make oh, all cool. of their spirits. So like this particular gin is very floral, mm. very herbaceous because they're literally making it from like all the herbs and flowers that are growing like in their backyard, which nice. is super, super cool. And I think works really nicely in this drink Mm -hmm. we'll link to them on the blog too so you guys can check them out um this is one of the gins because i said on the last episode that i've been trying to like sip gins and like actually taste them this Mm -hmm. is one of the ones that i tried first and Mm -hmm. it fucking knocked me on my ass um (laughs) because it's just so robust like it has such a distinct flavor so in cocktails like i was a little worried about using it in this cocktail just because i didn't know how it was gonna work but it, it works really, really well. I'm really happy that I used like a strongly yeah. flavored yeah. gin that like pull, pushes through since the honey syrup is really supposed to like and the lemon is supposed to mask the flavor mm, of mm-hmm. the gin. I like this because it kind of like pushes through. So how what's the ratio? That's very lemony. Like yes. what's how much lemon juice is in that? So um, it's it's two ounces gin, mm-hmm. one ounce lemon juice i believe yeah that's that's and a, then and then three quarter ounces of the honey syrup yeah that's but a, i always also do more lemon than it calls for oh well so i probably wasn't works. like super precise mm-hmm. when i was pouring it in just because i like citrus and yeah i know it's my delicious mixed drinks mm-hmm. it's really yeah. it's very but again it was created to mask the flavor of these like i'm sure it's bathtub yeah, gins yeah. that were just completely garbage um, drinkable. yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah. 
So it's meant to be very strongly mm-hmm. like lemon and then have that sweetness from yeah. the honey. Yeah. I also really want to try flavoring the honey syrup. So I have some like orange bitters and stuff that Ooh, I thought yeah. about putting in here, but I wanted to just kind of try it. I keep fucking spilling this. You should just <laughs> wanted to drink another couple of I wanted of to try it um, just kind of as is before I started adding mm-hmm. like a bunch of different bitters. This is like a really versatile drink. I feel like it's a good summer drink because it's hot as balls today, but mm-hmm. also... I feel like it would be, like you were saying earlier, Kate, like it would be good to have, like, if you have a cold, yeah. like, in the winter time, like, I feel like it would help clear out your sinuses Warm a little bit. Warm you right up, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, I think that's because of the gin I use. Like, I have a bottle of Tangeray in the cabinet, and I feel like if I had used Tangeray, like, you wouldn't even know there was gin in it. Right, mm-hmm. right. Which, I mean, for some people, is great, but, like, I like that this really, like, pulls that the flavor of the gin forward well i yeah. do think though that the honey lemon that's flavor the profile like, is terraflu yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah 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 there's yeah. there's that kind of yeah make a hot toddy out of this and it'll fix mm-hmm. all your ailments for sure will mm-hmm. <laughs> all right kate uh kate oh i was literally looking at amy when i said that and kate so congealed out. salads mm. congealed salads <laughs> yes and the depression how do they tie together and why would anybody ever make these monstrosities well, let me tell you yay no hamilton sidebars uh, i have the perfect opportunity <laughs> I pro- for one. I, I promise nothing you know yeah i was gonna say you know guys don't have to actually listen to me this is a joint venture <laughs> i know it's actually funnier if you don't yeah <laughs> and then i get really mad at you <laughs> so first a really brief history of gelatin in oh, and of okay. itself Oh, no. Oh, yes. Gelatin's disgusting. <laughs> it is disgusting. Do you ladies know how gelatin's made? I know enough. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into Tell it. Us. Tell we'll us. We'll get into it. So first, gelatin dishes, they actually date back to medieval times. Like before I did some research for this episode, I thought that it was like a relatively newish thing, like the past like couple hundred years. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But but they date back way further than that. Hmm. Um. Previously, they were called just jellied dishes. Mm. Yeah, mm. the faces. The faces we're going to be experiencing mm. tonight are wonderful. It makes me wish this wasn't just audio. <laughs> um, so they used to be these like really elaborate and sculptural or molded pieces that were really like the centerpieces of a feast. So like they were something to kind of like show off that you had money. Oh, um, okay. Because back then, gelatin was a multi-day process to make. So gelatin's a translucent. This is this is straight from Wikipedia. We, it, we really should donate to them. We should. Yes. <laughs> gelatin is a translucent, colorless, flavorless, flavorless food ingredient derived from collagen, taking from animal body parts. It is brittle when dry and gummy when moist. Oh, moist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yum. Gummy when moist. Yep. Not my new band name. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's my favorite sex move, though. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so gelatin uses a gelling agent in food, but it can also be used in medications, um, vitamin capsules. It's used in photographic films to make papers and then also for cosmetics, too. Mm. So when you see that, like... Cosmetics that aren't marked vegan, it's not necessarily from animal testing. It's that it may contain actual animal byproducts oh, okay. like okay. gelatin in mm-hmm. it, which I did not know also. I did yes. not know that. Learning all sorts of new stuff. you want cruelty-free completely with the little bunny on it. Yeah, And then you know that it doesn't have any collagen bone parts in it. Bone parts. Yum. <laughs> um, 
So I actually found a recipe that's from the 1600s on how to make gelatin. I'm just going to read the first sentence because it's wonderful. I think I saw this in the drive. (laughs) I didn't read the whole thing, but it starts with like calves hooves. Yep. Why is it got to be calves? Why is it got to be babies? I don't know. Wouldn't you get more from adult hooves or bigger? Maybe Maybe the baby ones are tenderer. Yeah. Take out the great bones of four calves feet and put the feet into a pot. With 10 quarts of water, three ounces of hearthstone, three ounces of... Three ounces of hearthstone? Uh, heart shorn. I said heart that. Heart shorn? I'm drinking. What the fuck is heart shorn? <laughs> I don't oh. fucking know. Okay, you continue. I'm looking up heart shorn. Three ounces of isinglass, a <laughs> nutmeg quartered, four blades of mace, and then boil it till it comes to two quarts. And it's like, so that's like just... So you're boiling it way down. Yeah. So yeah. this is just like the first step in a very long, multi-step, I multi-day bet I process. Bet there's like, I bet there's like scoop the foam things yeah. happening and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in Isling glass is um, fish bladders. Yeah. So that's, oh. why, that's why some like Guinness beer isn't vegan because it's filtered through Isling glass. Mm. Oh, yeah. interesting. So making those gelatins really labor intensive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it would require a multi-person kitchen too because it require, requires constant watching over a two to three day period. So it means like people would have to work in shifts. So essentially you had to have money right. in order to have mm-hmm. gelatin. Y- gelatin. Um, so you are bougie as fuck. If you if you were having a dinner party. Well, because you have like a chef that's like working for you. Right. It's like standing there watching it. And right. the chef has assistants. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Scullery maids. Scullery maids. <laughs> yes. Um, so when, you know, fast forward a few a few centuries to the colonies and the, the birth of our nation. Um, and <laughs> well, just shaking her head at me. No, because I'm trying to look up what that fucking heart shorn thing is or whatever. And I'm having a hard time. Continue. Okay. Um, so, uh, gelatin is really popular in, um, places where people had like really large estates. So like on plantations, Mm. um, or in urban centers where they're like very wealthy people. Again, very bougie. You gotta be bougie. Um, in order to serve gelatin. Someone who loved gelatin is one of our founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson. (laughs) Oh. Yes, Melissa, who has her hand raised. Hartshorn. Aqueous ammonia solution used as smelling salts, formerly prepared from the horns of deer. Mm. Mm. So deer horns, deer horns, calves, calves feet, hooves, calves hooves, and fish bladders. Delicious. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. No, it's quite all right. Um. So Thomas Jefferson, he loved gelatin, oh. and he actually served something called wine jelly to his guests, which I like to think of as a precursor to jello shots. I was just going to say, yeah. I thought for sure our <laughs> drink today was going to be jello shots. J- fucking Thomas Jefferson yeah. is the inventor of jello shots. <laughs> he's he's actually there's a blog post up on the blog already about uh the founding fathers comfort foods. And I call him uh, the founding father of craft cocktails, too, because he fucking loved his cocktails. There's, yes. Yeah, there's actually a recipe up there for something real gross um, that he <laughs> liked to drink as well. Um, so there's recipes for all the founding father's dishes on there. I recommend checking it's it out. It's very long, but very worth it. <laughs> it is. And also that Photoshop you did is mwah, Thank you. kiss. Thank you. 
That's what my one year of art school. Kate probably got didn't me. see it because no. she doesn't have Twitter. It's true. I'll have to show you. I'm later. getting a Twitter. That's that's yeah, exciting. I know. You I know. Say that. I I told I told Dan Larson that I needed to have a Twitter. <laughs> so it's happening. I'll bug we'll him next it. time I see him at work. I'll be like, "What the fuck? Oh Jesus, Amy." The same thing happens. Oh, that was a loud. <laughs> Every episode, <laughs> which is that I chug my drink. Well, Melissa's talking <laughs> because I know then I have to talk afterwards and I'm not going to get a chance. So like, right, I had one sip left and I was like, I got to do it because you're talking. And I just downed it. <laughs> Oof. There we go. OK, yeah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> we're great. All right. Where are we? OK, so Thomas Jefferson is the last mm-hmm. one we're talking about. Yeah. Right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so gelatin dishes, they remain super fancy until the early 1900s, completely inaccessible to the pores. Okay. <laughs> to the poors. That's like saying the olds. Well, yeah. In the youths. <laughs> the youths. <laughs> These two youths. So what when, did you say? When you guys Oof. think of gelatin, mm-hmm. what what company do you think of? Well, Jello. J-E-L-L-O. Yeah. yeah. And, and Bill Cosby, not a great yeah. not a great connection. Not a great connection, no. Yeah. Jell-O, think of I, raping don't, people. Don't. Fuck's yeah. sake. Yeah. Every no. time. <laughs> were, you, were you trying to do your Bill Cosby voice? Every time I'm on this fucking show, I do the same thing when I go to do an impression. All of a sudden I've forgotten how to speak and I just go, Jello pudding pops. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, guys, if you donate to our Patreon, <laughs> Melissa's going to record a voicemail uh, for you. <laughs> and whatever whatever celebrity you want, um, it's going to sound exactly the same no matter what, but yep. <laughs> it'll be that celebrity. Promise. I promise. promise. It'll be great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on Cameo and people can... Uh, can purchase me to leave voice messages on their friends' phones for their birthday. <laughs> this is Bill Cosby. Jello pudding pops. Happy birthday. <laughs> Bill Cosby sounds like he's got dentures in. I'm a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have to say Rudy. <laughs> Rudy. <laughs> I don't know. It's like my brain stops working. It's great. Oh my god! Oh, All right, wonderful. so Jello, J E L L O. Yep that that company. It was invented in 1897, actually by a carpenter who was trying to mix up a cough remedy with a laxative and accidentally invented it. <laughs> so many wonderful things have Wait. been invented. I couldn't find out any information why he was trying to mix a cough remedy with the laxative. Yeah, what the fuck? Don't know. Why? <laughs> That's a bad day right there. Yeah. That's why? all I know. Like you're Don't constipated, know. but you also have a cough. Have a cough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that seems oddly specific. <laughs> it, you know, almost like you would take two separate medicines for it. <laughs> but why date two when you can eat jello? <laughs> oh, you have a cough? Well, here. Also, you can shit your pants. <laughs> So according to the carpenter, <laughs> it tasted great. Oh, delicious. And, yeah, and he brought it to his wife's attention, and she thought of naming it Jell-O, J-E-L-L-O. And at the time, it was really popular. Like, there were a bunch of product names that end with O. Like, mm. it was like a, a thing. Oh. So that's part so of the reason. Like, so that was the, like, extreme of yeah. the 1890s. Yep. Mm-hmm. And one of my pet peeves is uh, people who name products or companies, um, and they intentionally misspell them to, like, be different and exciting or like when they change the first letter so that 
yeah. each word has the same first letter, even though that's not how it fucking spelt. Like yep. crispy, crunchy chicken. Yep. That's that's annoying and dumb, and I hate it. Crispy, Don't do crunchy it. is KK. Mm. But both of those start with a C. Right. I don't understand it. And chicken starts with a C too, so they could yeah. could have just kept it I all the same. I don't understand. I don't know. But anyways, so they she named it Jello. He he wants to sell it. He can't fucking sell the stuff, probably because he told people how those he invented it. <laughs> it's delicious, but right. it doesn't actually do any of the things he invented it for, though. It doesn't help your cough, and it doesn't right. cause you to shit your pants. Right. Okay. Right. Because that would be, I mean, that'd be a hard sell. <laughs> it's delicious. You'll shit your pants later, but. But you won't be coughing while you do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bonus. Yeah. So he, you know, obviously he was a carpenter. He didn't have any marketing experience. So he tries to sell it directly to people at first. And they're like, no, we're good. Thanks. We're good. So instead he sells it to a neighbor, um, Frank Woodward, for a total of $450 in Ooh. 1899. So he sells the patent to it. Okay. And the, the recipe for Did it. Did you find out how much that was with for inflation? inflation? No. Wow. Sorry. Wow. I thought this was important to you, but okay. <laughs> how much was it? $450. Okay, continue. <laughs> Thanks, Melissa. You going to look that up for us? Yes. <laughs> so, Frank, he had some experience in manufacturing already. Um, he had already invented and manufactured. Wait, hold on. What year was that? 1899. Okay. <laughs> Lice medicine for chickens, which is an oddly specific product. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Really? Frank had already invented and manufactured something that was lice medicine for chickens, which is like, that's such a niche. Very specific. That's such that a niche. Thing? I never even I thought. didn't know. I didn't know chickens ever got lice either. Learned something um. new every day. And also he invented balls that are used for target practice too. Um, <laughs> oh, Melissa, you, you got something to share with us? Well, I'm trying. Okay. So 450 is equivalent in purchasing power to about $12,417.37 in 2018. Okay. Hmm. Yep. That's good inflation. That is good yeah, inflation. That's good. That he made good money off of that. Although probably not considering what Jello became. Right. Anyways. Yeah. So well, he did make good money off of that because uh Frank actually even though he has manufacturing experience kind of sucks also at selling and, and manufacturing Jello. All these yeah amateurs he gets so fed up like he can't he, he the other two businesses he has the chicken lice medicine and the balls for target chicken lice is just taken off it's everywhere yeah, yeah those two things money making machines well, what's yeah, obviously the second thing sorry balls for target practice like balls that you would launch up like you know oh, you do the oh, discs, like discs okay but but there are balls right sure Instead of Get pigeons, those balls we, in the air. <laughs> so those two things doing great, making money. Jello could not fucking sell. It ends up being the pariah of his portfolio mm. and draining funds from the other two business ventures. So he then gets fed up and sells it to a business partner at a loss for thirty five dollars <laughs> in nineteen hundred. Um, I'm not. I'm not looking. Oh, he that didn't up. give it very much time. Yeah, he did not give it much but time. But that's no. a pretty big difference. I feel like he probably only sold it for like a couple, like a, maybe five hundred bucks in today's money. Yeah, that's in, insane. In, but that's after investing money in no, manufacturing like, it, like two grand. I don't know. Math is hard. I don't. Math do is hard. I whatever. Don't <laughs> so, um, he's his business partner ends up creating the Janice uh, Pure Food Company. Um, within two years, 
And that becomes later J-E-L-L-O, like as we know it today. But within two years, the product grosses him $250,000 in 1902 Jesus. money. Wow, Frank was a fucking loser. Right? Yeah. Right? He wow. should have just stuck to chicken lights. Him yeah. and fucking Tad Dorgan need to start a fucking fraternity <laughs> together. Just be fucking losers. Ah. Yep. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> so by 1904, Jello begins mass producing recipes um, as a marketing ploy. So they started, like, not only were they selling this stuff, but the guy who founded the Janice Pure Food Company realized too that, like, hey, people aren't going to buy this shit unless they know what the hell to do with it. Sure. Like, so he put out all of these little recipe booklets that had like hundreds of recipes in them. And they'd also publish recipes too in the ladies' um, home journal. journal. I don't know why I could not Yeah, I'm like that. home journal? <laughs> <laughs> ladies' home journal. Um, and they, res- uh, they manufacture all these tiny little recipe booklets too. And then they arm door-to-door salesmen with them. Oh. So these are like door-to-door salesmen so wait, before. these people are still door-to-door selling Jell-O? Yes. Oh, okay. Imagine a fucking Jell-O salesman coming yeah. to your door. On a horse-drawn carriage. Because so, this is before the time of the automobile. Okay, sidebar. You see these horses? <laughs> We're going to make them into Jell-O. Would you like to buy some? <laughs> sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> oh god this um so <laughs> i love do you guys i love american pickers i love the show so it's much. great i thought that those two were gay lovers for the longest I want time to, i would love it if that they was talk fanfic. about their significant others so much that i still kind of think that they're uh, gay it's lovers true, it's true oh. they're they're beards this they're just wild speculation ladies and gentlemen <laughs> we have no insight into the american pickers or their relationship statuses or anything like that and anyway <laughs> anyway um they bought a jello um wagon mm. like one of the horse-drawn wagons mm-hmm. in one of their episodes that's and cool as shit yeah no <laughs> melissa says dismissively no, no, no. <laughs> that's I gotta cool keep an as eye shit on the levels. um yeah 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 they bought one um they found it in a barn probably like syracuse there i think it was like a, an upstate new york deal oh thing. cool yeah, yeah yeah they found it and it was they were like super super excited about it anyway sidebar over Nice. Cool. That was a very relative, relative. That's not the right word. Related. Relevant. Related. Relevant. <laughs> That's the word. The R word. Relevant. Yeah. Sidebar. For once. Yeah. So these door to door salesmen, they're super aggressive mm-hmm. in their sales tactics. And they're the ones that actually came up with the original motto of Jello, which is there's always room for Jello. <laughs> once you throw up everything you ate before it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> So at this time, there are these huge cultural shifts going on, too, within the country. Um, there's an increased interest in home economics and food science. So kind of like the science behind food and a move towards mass producing food. So remember when we were talking about um, Sylvester Graham and the Graham cracker? Alexander Graham Bell, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yes, that guy. <laughs> that guy. Um, and one of the things that he was like fighting against was this indri- industrialization of the food process right, and how right. people were so disconnected. So while you had these people that were kind of like on the outskirts of society fighting against it, the majority of society was like, yes, let's make life Whatever more convenient. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Right. So um, and there's also this huge domestic reform that's taking place at this time, too. So um, women associate their domestic duties with this new industrialization and they instead of like looking at it just like i've got to cook to provide food for my family and take care of stuff and just get through the daily grind they're like 
how can I perfect this science? Like they start looking at like the domestic arts as like how, a kind of science. How can I be perfect to please my husband and ungrateful right. fucking children? Or how right. can I get more stuff done in the course of a week? If I had a washing machine, how much more stuff could I get done? Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. So you have mentions like the washing machine and the vacuum cleaner and thing, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. At the same time. And then also... Um, Jello was able to tap into some of the concerns around industrialization of the food industry and uh, FDA standards. So remember when we were talking about the jungle, when we were talking about mm-hmm. the graham cracker too, the oh, book, yeah. the yeah. jungle. Yeah, so yeah. long ago. I know. I wanted, you I wanted s'mores dip today so bad. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Two weeks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so early Jello ads, they used words like pure and safety to try and like... Make people think like, oh, this is like a wholesome food product. Sure, sure. It's called marketing. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I'm going to school for it. I know. Yeah, I know marketing when I see it. (laughs) You guys aren't getting the hand gestures here, but there's a lot of thumb pointing. (laughs) It's great. Um, And also one of the big selling factors for Jell-O, too, is that it takes, as I mentioned earlier, something was like for the rich and the elite so, and so, this is now very accessible okay i have a question well yeah because jello is like mad cheap yeah well so what we're talking about though when we're talking about jello is not necessarily what we think of when we think of jello when we think of jello we think of like jello jigglers lime cup or yeah at the beginning there were no flavors no, this, right. we're just, just talking about gelatin I feel like gelatin, gelatin sheets yeah gelatin right. sheets yeah. which like chefs and stuff use right. a lot or at least in gourmet makes for bon appetit they use them a lot because they're trying to make candy and they use like gelatin yep. sheets and they're gross right exactly but like you know you could use them in meringues you could use them in all kinds it's of like a it's like a thickening agent yeah, exactly, stabilizer. exactly. Yeah. so um okay go on yes Melissa just got a tattoo, so if you hear her slapping herself, the same thing happened last episode. I had another session. It's he's not taking so this pretty. <laughs> he is so pretty. Oh, he's so pretty. It's David Bowie yeah. and his rainbow hair. Just dance. All right. So. Okay. <laughs> so one of the early ads too also said, "Serve what the rich are eating for just ten cents a box." Oh my gosh! Right. Wow. So like class politics, you're a housewife and you're thinking like, okay, what the fuck can I do to make my day to day easier, like more efficient? How can I perfect this? Because like there's this huge move towards like like perfecting everything, even like the counterculture shit, like what we're talking about with Sylvester Graham. It's still like this idea of like, how can you make your body the most perfect it can be? Right. right? Like and operate the most optimally. Mm -hmm. So it's all this, this like weird societal pressure to be perfect and just right. In addition to the affordability aspect of it too. Okay. And then also this coincided with the rise in women's groups too. So in the early 1900s, women's started, uh, women's, <laughs> <laughs> them women, <laughs> women's, women started uh, meeting and, and groups for a variety of reasons. So like this is when book clubs start to really take off. The wellness movement starts to really take off. The temperance movement starts to, to gain steam. Um, and you have women advocating for prohibition of alcohol, right? We don't want to get beaten <clears throat> anymore. Women's rights, so women's suffrage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, the result was, you know, not great, prohibition. But, like, those women were just looking for ways to fight the patriarchy. And right. I can respect <laughs> yeah. that. They mm-hmm. were looking for ways for their husbands to be not pieces of shit. Hashtag yeah. all men. Right. Mm-hmm. 
All men. All men. <laughs> Except for our significant others. Yes. Hashtag yeah, sorry. not all men. Yes. <laughs> it's like the the like verbal version of like the sad trombone noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have all these different like cultural things happening all at once. And then um again, an early Jello was like really adaptive at the marketing game in one yeah. of their early advertisements even said dainty desserts for dainty people so like they were specifically <laughs> like be dainty i'm gonna buy jello <laughs> marketing this shit for women and women's groups so like the you have women who uh, in greater numbers than any time in history are working towards gaining the v- the right to vote uh-huh. right getting politically organized yeah. and active yeah they have less time at home yeah this is a fast efficient food it's also sidebar inexpensive yeah non-dainty women are fucking awesome <clears throat> yes <laughs> like i want to be a dainty woman but like xena warrior princess is not fucking a right. dainty, dainty woman right and i'm i'm here for it yes so fuck off yeah also uh women's rights yay yay <laughs> also dainty women can also be badass Yes. So. Oh, for sure. For sure. That is completely a <laughs> physical yeah. aesthetic right. that does not dictate how that person acts or no. what they do. Right. True. Eleven True. from Stranger Things is very dainty. Yep. But you know, she's a fucking badass. She is. For sure. Watch season three, guys. It's really good. I know. I'm two episodes oh in. Oh my god, it's so good. We binged it in two days. We still haven't <sighs> seen episodes. Yeah. We still haven't seen season two. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also at this time. Really well-known artists started depicting Jello, like Norman Rockwell. Oh yes, and others. Um, and then Jello introduces what's called the Jello Girl, which is like this young, angelic-looking girl who's eating Jello to to make Jello seem like an all-American dessert. When, when you say Jello Girl, I'm yeah. thinking like wibbly wobbly, oh. like has arms like a squid or a girl something. made of Jello, no bones, just kind of wiggling. <laughs> Watch it wiggle, life. see it jiggle. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's great. Jello. That's girl. Great. Oh, she's like the mom from The Incredibles. She's like super stretchy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> although Jello's not that stretchy, to be fair. Yeah, it's not. It's just wobbly. Yeah, <laughs> wibbly wobbly, like time and space. Okay. <laughs> In 1925, that's when the Genesee Pure Foods Company officially becomes Jell-O Incorporated. Okay. And then by 1934, that's when the iconic J-E-L-L-O song is recorded. And by this point, like, everyone is fucking eating Jell-O. Like, it is, it is synonymous with American cuisine and American desserts. Um, so it goes from something that literally no one will buy to, like, two different company owners were like, fuck this shit, I'm out. I'm bailing on this company to like everyone in the U.S. The, in less than 30 it. years. Yeah, in less than 30 years. The difference that marketing makes. Yes. You just have to find that thing that gets people excited and then capitalize on it. The difference yeah. that like red number five makes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Adding bugs as a coloring ingredient. Yay. <laughs> I don't know if that's red number five. I don't know. It's a red color. It know. is a red color. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know which one. Um, so we now like what we're talking about today is uh, congealed salads. Right. Mm-hmm. So none of those would be possible without Jell-O right. and gelatin. Right. And up until this point, gelatin was mostly used, like I said, like as like a, a centerpiece, like kind of 
kind of deal with, um, you know, for big banquets or feasts or things like that, or if you had like a family dinner and you wanted to really like show off and impress people, this is what you would do. In the era of the Great Depression and World War II, um, there is something called the Emergency Price Control Act. And they start uh, creating all sorts of different rules and also the Office of Price Administration, too. And they set price. Is that still is that a thing? It's not a thing anymore. Oh, OK. We got rid of it because we got... government control is for the birds. Right. OK. Um, they have the authority to set limits and ration food and other commodities in order to discourage hoarding and ensure the equitable distribution of scarce resources. So this is like a main response to wartime. Because okay. all of a sudden you have a lot less people farming the land mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. World War Two. You have a lot, a lot of our soldiers overseas, so the government has to buy up a bunch of food for rations for them, for their um, government issued meals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you have a lot less people farming, so you have this huge food shortage that happens. In addition to that, like the Great Depression also happens on kind of the tail end of the Dust Bowl too. So like there's natural disasters and farming catastrophes. The Dust Bowl was like drought, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you have all these different things happening at the same time where essentially the U.S. government is like, shit, we do not have enough food for everybody if everybody keeps going the way they're going. And the government in order, they like had a little bit of foresight and they're like, okay, if we tell people we don't have enough food, what we're worried is going to happen is that the rich, kind of like what happened with Prohibition, the rich will stockpile Mm -hmm, shit mm -hmm. and then the poor people will go hungry and starve in the streets. So in res- in well, okay <laughs> in response to that or in, to kind of like cut that off the head they they establish these two different organizations these two different like branches of government to create these rules and set the prices for things and set okay. rules and regulations around things so to prevent that kind of like hoarding so in 1942 in January is when these two organizations are established by spring Americans are unable to purchase things like sugar without government issued food coupons so this is something i didn't know until i started doing a little bit of research like i always heard about like ration coupons yeah sure right so like stamps yeah and ration stamps Mm -hmm. so like i thought that that was like how you paid for stuff but like you still had to pay for food in addition to having right that was just like giving you the right to pay for that food right basically it was like a book right like a coupon book exactly Mm -hmm. so like the price would be insanely high on things like sugar plus you would need the stamps necessary to buy the sugar so not only would you have to have the stamps you'd also have to still have the money mm-hmm. how'd mm-hmm. you get the stamps they were government issued so, so every like household would get a set a number of number. stamps okay okay regardless yep. of like income they would just yep. get okay exactly but what happened is there's this like kind of black market that develops of where, course always right because like i said you still need the fucking money to buy this right, shit so right, like right, the, right. the poor people who didn't have the money and they're like well we don't have money to buy sugar anyways like they would sell their stamps even mm-hmm. though they technically weren't allowed to mm-hmm. it was illegal to households who would so there's this huge black market that develops for trading wow. and yeah, selling yeah, yeah. and buying yeah, yeah. stamps mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then by fall of 1942 other things are added to this like coffee and tea are really restricted to and then within one year so by 1943 things like meat cheeses fats canned fish canned milk other processed foods so it starts with like sugar which like you think of sugar as like a relatively natural raw ingredient right but i mean we're still importing it yes it's not coming i mean we don't have sugar fields in the united states do we but sugar also included like 
things that we would today like consider like syrup. sugar substitutes. Yeah, like corn syrup oh, and honey okay. and okay, things okay. like that sure, too. Sure, sure, And then, so it goes from like relatively raw ingredients to like fully processed foods within yeah, a year. Like yeah, it's yeah. that restricted within a 365 Jeez. day period. So sidebar. So it, do you guys have um, any relatives that you remember that you've had a chance to talk to about living through the great depression all, all mine are dead okay i mean you, my, I, yeah. my oldest relative that i've really like talked to and have had like really conversations with is in her 70s okay I mean, so she, no she was yeah. born in 42 i believe mm-hmm. um but she would be too young to wait really... when was pearl harbor 41 yes 42 41 she was born in 41 okay. but so she didn't live through the depression okay so like her family was poor mm-hmm. so i heard a lot about because they grew up in um boston and southie okay in the project so mm-hmm. like i've heard stories about that in terms of like having to ration food and like eating ketchup sandwiches and that sort of stuff but like not depression specifically depression yeah related. that i can't even imagine like when we were when the united states was in the recession i remember them saying like oh we're close to being at depression levels mm-hmm. but then you hear about the great depression i'm like i can't imagine that i can't imagine not being able to just go to the grocery store and or the gas station or the, yeah and just get what i need mm-hmm. like i go to the grocery store and sometimes like there's not very much of a certain produce because of certain economic conditions or tariffs or whatever or there's not good produce because of those things but it's never like or it's out of season i want to buy this thing and i can't buy this thing right. because i don't have a fucking ration right coupon like that's fucking insane to me i cannot even fathom it people yeah. that live through the depression i don't even like oh my god i mean at this point most of those people are probably dead yeah um so my you said yes you yes i have one grandparent okay who who was very young Mm -hmm. during the Mm -hmm. depression yeah but she was one of 11 siblings oh my gosh yeah okay (laughs) yeah why do they always have so much kids back then catholics job that was that was that was that, that was not planned no but I mean, right my, on my grandparents had five kids but they weren't catholic so i guess five is like not that many no five and five then is not that many that's no. like a family with two kids today right because yeah. you expect with like children half inflation. of them not to live right so <laughs> oh my God. they all lived at least till adulthood yeah some of them are dead now oh. but, you know um, I lived with my great grandmother when I was little and, um, she lived till she was a hundred, 104 years old. Shit. Yeah. And she, um, must've been born. I'm going to say in the 1880s, probably. Yeah. 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 Somewhere in there. That math is probably wrong, but she, mm, 1890s maybe. So she was like right in it. Like she had children during mm-hmm. the Great Depression, my gr- her husband um, owned a small German deli, um, deli like store in Manchester, and so like they it w- hit everybody them super hard. Oh I remember going and visiting her <clears throat> when she still lived before she moved in with us, and this is like the eighties or the nineties, right? This is not we're not talking about even the 60s or anything like this is she was well to do at this point she was very well taken care of my great-grandfather left her with like she was fine but she would um 
reuse her paper towels. Yeah. Like she would I mean, rinse yeah. out her paper towels and reuse like the, dry them on the radiator. Like they would reuse all of the That's tin cans. Crazy. Like they would, you know, if find other purposes. Like even my grandfather who um, was young during the Great Depression, like he saved everything yeah. not to... And it wasn't a hoarder situation. Right. Everything had a place. Yeah. Everything had a. He knew. Ex- he knew how many screws he had. He knew how many like nails. Like yeah. it was just that was because you didn't know what you know. It was yeah. it's, so. It's sometimes you. Th- I think about those kind of things, and I'm just like, wow, we are just so spoiled and bratty. Oh, like we are just like. Well, that's so. It's so, funny. You know how like there's this this thing where like millennials have killed whatever oh and like millennials God. are the most entitled generation oh, ever. No. Oh. Yeah. So when the baby boomers were young, baby in their boomers 20s, are the fucking worst. So there were a, the same thing happened to them where they're like it's the most entitled generation because their parents were the ones who lived through the depression right. and who made sure that their kids would want for nothing. Right. So it's like it's kind of funny because I feel like and then you look at like Generation Xers and like they live through like the like the 80s recession like my parents almost lost everything then you know like they have that same kind of mentality as like the great depression generation the greatest generation right right right. so it's like it keeps going back and forth where like when the economy is shit those people like restrict themselves to the point where i feel like it's probably not healthy or necessary (laughs) and then the generation that comes after them the generation that came before they want to make sure that they want for nothing they don't have to experience that kind of yeah shitty economy and experiences so like it's it's this constant like ebb and flow that's what parents do yes like parents want their kids to want for nothing and then that generation that birthed those fucking kids are like oh i don't work for anything shut the fuck up (laughs) fucking baby boomers you could go get a fucking job at a manufacturing plant and fucking raise a family of four Mm -hmm. no problem fuck off yeah uh, for for yeah absolutely but the yeah you know part- why millennials are so pissed off because they have no job or life because you security. left them with nothing yeah nothing. because I took out a student loan for thirty five thousand or for fifteen thousand dollars and I now owe fifty thousand yes. dollars yeah oh my god <laughs> so I don't have a grant so none of my grandparents are, well some on my dad's side might be alive I don't know because I don't know my dad but my mom's side both of them are passed away but my cousin's grandmother who is my oldest aunt's uh mother-in-law she's recently passed away but i think she lived to 102 Mm -hmm. but she was australian so she wasn't in the united states during the depression but interesting she she did spend a time in the tuberculosis camps in australia oh geez which is fucking crazy and my cousin actually has a little wooden um music box was which was the only personal possession that she was allowed in the tuberculosis camps because it didn't have any fabric on it. Oh my god! So it wouldn't carry the disease. So my cousin has that. My god! She was fucking nuts. That I don't mean nuts like crazy. I mean nuts like cool, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah, just yeah. the story she 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 could tell. But I don't have anybody. Yeah, that was alive during the depression. I can't even fucking imagine that. No, I can't imagine it. My my privilege will not allow me. It's, yeah, yeah. Like of all the fucking awful things that are happening right now in our country, and there's a lot of fucking awful things. I, like I said, I can't imagine not being able to just go to the store. And I say that knowing that there are people that can't just go to the store. They don't have coupon books. They just right. they just can't go to the store because they don't have any fucking money. Because 
whatever but anyways yeah, yeah moving no. on so anyway so old, so, pe- old people are great old yeah. people are amazing so talk if you if you have an old person talk to them fine if, if you have an old yeah <laughs> get all those stories because once they're gone those stories are gone it's like yes. the oral tradition is gone yeah and it's just so, anywho so, <laughs> yay old sidebar over <laughs> so uh my grandmother who did live through the like depression when she was very little yeah she is relatively insulated from it because and this is one of the movements that like kind of happens at this time this movement towards family like homestead farms oh yeah 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 yeah. so like although the dust bowl was affecting people in the southwest and out west and like the bread basket Mm -hmm. like the the main manufacturing or not manufacturing the main like growing places for most of america's food there's this huge resurgence in places like new england and in the south too for small family like homestead farms because that was a way to get around the rationing yeah if you make your own yeah grow your own food you don't need those stupid coupons yeah so there's a lot of like really amazing i'll put them up on the blog but a lot of really amazing like pictures of like like what uh like a weekly ration of food look like for a for a household cool um yeah and like signs from that era era too because like there are ways to get around like rations around eggs like if you bought like like geese eggs or goose eggs um as or duck eggs as opposed to chicken eggs like because chicken eggs were like really restricted were like if you again if there was like a local farmer in your town or community that had like geese or ducks that were laying eggs that wouldn't necessarily well and count. i bet geese eggs are bigger too so i yes. bet if you yeah i'd imagine huh yeah that's why very are chicken eggs the thing what like why did we eat chicken eggs and yeah, not other like, eggs why why are we not why do we not see goose eggs geese I, can fly chickens can't Ooh. chickens are easier to domesticate oh that's really smart and it's also easier to tell the males apart from the females so we can make sure that they aren't fertilized it's true. Wow. Okay, cool. I didn't expect you to have that answer, that but was then you did. Shoot, shoot. <laughs> right on it. Yeah. You're so fucking smart, Amy. I try. Oh my God. <laughs> God. It's like you went to school or something. It's almost like you have a master's degree. Almost. <laughs> master's degree in something beautiful but useless. <laughs> Just writing. Oh. <laughs> that is beautiful but useless. Yeah, yes. that's the most accurate except it's not useless because it brings people happiness. Right. Talk to Kate. The art Arts and humanities are essential part of life. We talked about it when we talked about communism. Yes. People that do art are important. Yes, exactly. When we realize. We just don't pay them. So it's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Because art is only as valuable as the public says it is. Yep. So, yeah. Anyways. So. Cool. Where are we? So. In the Great Depression right now. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I'm feeling that. Yeah. Um, I'll put up to there's like some um, like how rationing works stuff that gets kind of into like the point system. I'm not going to get into it right now because I feel like we're all a little bit too inebriated to understand <laughs> it. Speak for yourself, Amy. <laughs> I am completely sober. Yes. I'm definitely not as fucking blitzed as I was last episode. So that's good. Throw it at me. <laughs> um. But there, so like, like I said, there's a black market that kind of developed out of the the voucher and stamp system too. People started growing their own fruits and vegetables in their own land, where they could to avoid it entirely. And then government agencies began because it was such a huge issue. They began distributing cookbooks and recipe pamphlets. Cookbooks, cookbooks, <laughs> um, highlighting possibilities for dinner with new restrictions. So here's an example. Oh God! Wait, how did they pay Ooh. these people that put these cookbooks together? I don't know. 
tax 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 dollars tax money sweets without sugar which is a pamphlet that was distributed by the federal food board of new york and they were just trying to fight diabetes maybe the diabetes <laughs> um so where does jello and gelatin come into play with all of this yeah yes, right where amy so gelatin just straight gelatin doesn't have sugar in it but jello which is what gelatin the gelatin strips or sheets evolved into which is uh, you know by the 30s and 20s they had flavors right um that does have sugar in it Mm -hmm. so if you had one sugar (sighs) stamp and you wanted to go buy you could either buy sugar or you could buy jello right Uh uh-huh so jello sales like with everything else started to decline during the great depression because people would have to use their sugar stamps for sugar for sugar, something, not for Jello, right, right? Something that they could use in more a raw ingredient, yes. right? So Jello, the company, started creating all sorts of uh, advertising and their own cookbooks. So I mentioned earlier that they had done cookbooks in like 1904, 19 to the 1910 range, and the mm-hmm. Ladies' Home Journal and things like that. They came back and did new cookbooks that were like how to use Jello in like everything <laughs> everything <laughs> and this is where the congealed salads start to like oh, really just, take off it's just mm. such a disgusting name it like, is you say congealed, congealed salad congealed and you're just not like you're just like no yeah no congealed is a disgusting it's word. a terrible mm-hmm. word it's like when we get chinese food and you put it in the refrigerator and then yeah. you have congealed fat all over it and you're like i don't want to fucking eat that no yeah i don't want to know that that's what Ugh. but they didn't call them congealed salads right we just call them congealed they called them gelatin salads oh okay so, so that's like, something that has developed now in the the future looking back on the past. right because we're like that's okay. fucking gross why do people ever do that yeah, why why did we change what they're called just call them what they were called because they're gross and i think people want to <laughs> highlight the grossness it's, I mean, it's a marketing when thing when i was right? a kid we would get those tubs of like jello and cool whip mixed together that's not that's not that's not this though that's not this that's okay. still dessert that's still dessert yeah so but okay. and even jello with ba- bananas in it that's still not what that's we're, yeah nope. that's so in 1944 jello publishes bright spots for wartime meals 66 ration wise recipes and in it jello te- tells wartime hostesses that hospitality needn't cost you much either money or pint uh, points i put pints <laughs> Of I'm not giving up any of my fucking beer. <laughs> Fuck off. Try some of these color uh, and savor combinations, all made with the food easy to get nowadays. They'll prove to you and your friends that you can still do luscious entertaining in spite of shortages and rations. Say welcome in wartime. <laughs> so their pitch was, look, Jello costs less than sugar. Yes, you still have to use a sugar stamp for it, say, right? It's the same amount of points, though, right? It's the same amount of points, but it's the price expensive. is less expensive. And look at all of these amazing recipes. You can really put on a display in a show. So they were kind of playing back to that, like, Jello is for bougie people mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. that was going on in the 1800s. And then... Um, there's, like, so the recipes that we're talking about, like, yes, there are dessert recipes, too, but, like... Jello, like has like cucumbers and like asparagus, like suspended yeah. 
in Chunk, jello chunks of ham chunks of ham a, no yeah like those are the ones Look, that we're talking about it was like this is gross when amy was talking but when you add <laughs> ham in hey that's the thing that everybody likes that i fucking hate yes here we go oh ham. sad <laughs> that's right i remember that you hate ham it's disgusting anyways continue oh boy <laughs> so they started these 66 ration wise recipes were literally like how you can serve like a five course meal out of fucking jello okay like it was like everything like the appetizers yeah, isn't the there dinner, like, like i i i clearly remember um in and i probably have the cookbook somewhere um in the french chef in julia child's cookbook oh, not julia child oh yeah no julia yeah um, oh, I'm bit of quite wine for sure. The dish and a little bit of wine for me. Oh, Julia, That's you are the a best treasure. Yes, I love Julia Child. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> salmon mousse, yes, oh, no. was absolutely made no. with gelatin. One hundred percent. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Picture a uh, you. You've seen the. You've seen this. The fish mold yep. like you see it on people's you know like the copper some some people decorate with these things yep. that's what some people aka you <laughs> <laughs> hey i just have wilton I've, i just have wilton cake pans i've seen the cake pans on your <laughs> yeah, wall yeah but that's not that's not jello mold i mean pans. it's the same idea no yes <laughs> one is used to make delicious cake the other is used to make yeah, gross one congealed is used to salads. make delicious cake and instead of making delicious cake she chooses to hang them on her walls kate makes enough delicious food that's true <laughs> okay well. don't give kate a hard time <laughs> that's my job <laughs> <laughs> accurate yeah <laughs> So there, we'll post some of our favorite and most disgusting recipes that we've been able to find mm. on the blog so you guys can see them. Where, no, here's my vision. We're going to make a video uh. where we make <laughs> oh. a, a bunch of these and then we eat them. No. no. Greg will film it. Uh, it'll be so good okay you want amy you wanted the youtube channel how about That's this true. how I'm about the this? one that said let's do a podcast instead but you wanted uh uh i'm YouTube. game i'm game we I'll, have a youtube we just don't use it i'll make them we're gonna do and it. then you guys can yes eat no 100 okay. that way you won't know what's in them yes oh my god yes we're doing this yes it, yeah okay. okay okay so we might not have it up by the time this episode oh, airs no there's no chance <laughs> but we will have it up oh god it's on within the, the next six months yes and uh, i still it, let's not put a time frame on that. <laughs> but it's gonna happen yes and we'll link we'll link back to it so you guys can find it okay um so jello salads they didn't really start to die out until the 1980s so they held on for a solid fucking 40 years um, post-war America continues to eat them be mainly because of advertising. Jell-O's fucking awesome in advertising. Yeah, no, their marketing department is on fire. Yeah. So they like pitch it as like fast, efficient, and perfect for working moms. So like remember in the like early 19 teens when like Jell-O really starts to catch on? It's because there's all these cultural shifts going on. Same thing with like the 70s and 80s. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you have the women's lib movement. You have more and more women entering the workforce. So they're looking for something that because, of course, the men didn't fucking pick up in the kitchen and help out. No. So the women had to, were taking on jobs and continuing to do all the child rearing and the cooking. Yeah. So the women needed something that's fast and efficient. But uh, Jello also was able to tap into the guilt and or shame that women felt. 
around not being able to serve home-cooked food. Oh, God. So they continue to pump out cookbooks and recipes to make more and more elaborate, redonkulous mm. jello molds, gelatin salad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. concoctions to be like, let's take something that's fast and simple and cheap, but then also add in a ton of fucking labor that is not necessary. Not necessary. Um, so like they had all these recipes to doctor it up essentially so that women would feel less guilt and less shame about <laughs> serving more prepackaged work. food but yes. more work awesome so it's great it's great yay mm-hmm. patriarchy mm-hmm. yeah oh man um and in the in, be, turning back the time a little bit too because i missed this in the 60s jello actually introduced new flavors so like by this point they had like i said like things like strawberry and lime and like those kinds of standards and raspberry in the 60s they introduced savory flavors because no. they realize no. they realize that the salads are like nope. still holding strong so they um have savory flavors like celery and mixed veggies i mean celery doesn't taste like anything so that's fine yeah but the so the mixed it, vegetable jello yeah no. no so before this you would use something like the lime flavored jello and then like mix in other stuff because it would be like the idea would be like a citrus salad right so like you'd have some vegetables and some right fruit yeah some mm-hmm. fruit or like yeah so like it, you'd be mixing the savory with the sweet this jello is like mm. full savory <laughs> full savory you never go full savory yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so by the 80s, those weird savory flavors, like, completely go Go away. away Because they're disgusting and nobody wants them. Right. So the 70s, when the women's lib movement starts to take off, and that's when women feel, like, the guilt and the shame, and Jello's, like, put all that work back in. And then by the late 80s, like, the women are like, you know what? Fuck this noise. Yeah. We don't need this. Our stupid kids can make their own hot pockets. It's yes. not a big deal. That's what the microwave was invented right. for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in certain parts of the world, in, I should say certain parts of the United States, Jello salads are still really popular. Yeah, the weirdly. United States isn't the world. Yeah. As much as Americans like to think yeah, it no. is. So it, they're really popular in the Deep South mm, and okay. in Utah. Why Utah? Utah. Are you going to tell us, Amy? Because of Mormons. <laughs> Why do Mormons love jello salads? Because women still have the guilt there. Ah. So in communities and, and societies. And they also have 75 children. Yes. So things that can go far. Yep. Making big Mormon families. And yep. that magic underwear. Yeah. The quiver movement. Do you Wait, guys know quiver what? like in your vagina? <laughs> Okay, the quiver like a bow and arrow, like the quiver. Oh, but like, like you get a quiver. Yeah. <laughs> like when you see, like when you see, when you see Andrew That's Scott. That's what the quiver means. When you see <laughs> Andrew Scott playing the priest on Fleabag, that quiver you get. Yeah, this is a different quiver. This is not the same quiver. The quiver movement is a religious ideology where women believe it is their God-given duty and right to produce as many offspring as possible so that Christians can take over the world. Oh, um, it's what the Duggars are. They are part of the quiver movement. Oh, are the Duggars Mormon? Uh, they're, just, they're not Mormon. They're not, just part of the quiver movement. Okay, a so lot of Mormons are part of the quiver movement. Okay. But it's not so, exclusive to Mormons. Okay. Yeah, because they're just Christian Nut jobs. Nut job. I mean, <laughs> that family has d- devolved into like five people, so that's fine. Yes, because all the kids are like, "Fuck this noise, I'm out." Well, that's what happens when you when you raise children in a vacuum filled with weird shame and and misogyny. And then they and go then, on the internet and they go, "Wait a minute, 
well, don't need well, to the feel eldest, this way. The eldest son uh, sexually assaulted two of his sisters. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So fun stuff. High class. Religion corrupts They're people. Um, and then they all tried to cover it up. So that's awesome, too. Yes. We didn't believe the girls. We stood with the Wait, honey. who are you saying we? Well, I'm just saying. I believe the girls. I you believe, believe the girls. Oh, yeah. Amy believes the yeah. girls. So the we. <laughs> I think she means the royal we. Yeah. I, like the United States? Because that's mostly bullshit men. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag all men. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, a uh, fun fact, in 2002, Utah named Jell-O its official snack food. Yes. Yeah. Well, but when I think of Mormons, I kind of think of them as Jell-O-y anyway what? they're just nice <laughs> they're you know nice, they're yeah. just nice and sure. kind of like i like the way you're saying nice yeah like really <laughs> nice nice but that's kind of but also super like misogynistic and patriarchal wiggle yeah. but like up know. front they're really nice yeah they totally they take your that, trash out for you they got that wiggle in their jiggle and yeah <laughs> delicious lime flavor their haircuts oh, are very precise <laughs> their like little shirts jello, are their shirts are clean shapes. and pressed you know they're they're good hasn't no 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 book of mormon people here no no oh it's so good i haven't it's so good i know it's on my list. Musical sidebar. We Book of get- Mormon. <laughs> it's so good. So I've heard good. amazing things about yes. it. I haven't listened to I it. I would like to it. see it, but I don't have that much opportunity to see mm. musicals. That was in perfect <laughs> unison. Kate and I are really in sync tonight. Yeah, no, I'm we into should- it. You were both just like, mm. <laughs> you know what? Fix it. Let's let's make a <laughs> let's make a trip to the we can go to the New York and we can go to well, the yeah. New York. The yeah. New York. We'll never New get York. we'll never get Hamilton tickets, but we could see Book of Mormon. Yeah. Maybe they'll open up Hamilton so it'll have more showings. It's in San Why Francisco don't they play now. Stuff in Boston. They do. They, they do. do. But went, Hamilton isn't in Boston. I went and saw Wicked in Boston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw Book of Mormon in Boston. It was good. Yeah. So Just keep your eyes out, lady. I'm always for a trip. I we're going word. to see Lore Podcast. Yeah. It's on my calendar. In November. So. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Anyways, where are we? The end. The that end. 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 Yes. Wait, what was the last thing you said? <laughs> Mormons. Mormons. So, so most of the countries moved on from congealed salads, except for the deep south and weird, weird Utah. Okay. So basically, congealed salads were born from a necessity of having to ration foods. Yeah. So Jello released a bunch of cookbooks that were like, hey, you can use us instead of sugar and make all these fucking weird monstrosities yep. mm-hmm. that and also, look like alien food or something the Klingons on Star Trek would eat. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And the, the, the reason why they really took off, too, is because they were able to tap into the guilt that women feel because of misogyny and the patriarchy. And that's why they held on for so long. And that's the communities that they're still hold, holding on to today. Hashtag because patriarchy. Yeah. Saladstrocities. What? That's what it is. Saladstrocity. Saladstrocity. Yeah. I thought you salad. said solid <laughs> oh. strocity. Oh, no. And I was like, I don't understand. No, salad. Saladstrocity. That that being said, I loved Jello pudding pops when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. everybody did. Oh, yeah. I wish that those still existed. Mm. No. Do it. Do it. Do it. Melissa's fighting the urge to do a Bill Cosby impersonation. I'm not doing it. I'm not no. doing it. I don't feel like impersonating a sexual offender right now. Yeah. Oh, right now? This this one time. Right now. I mean, I did it like yeah. 20 minutes ago, so <laughs> I can't say ever. I already did it. Yeah. 
<laughs> Very cool. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. So, so the depression born jello salads, congealed salads of necessity. Yeah. Gross. Real gross. Very oh, cool. So gross. Very cool. I do want to. Um, so before we wrap off, wrap off. Mm-hmm. That's different. <laughs> That's a different thing. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I do want to call out two people. So the reason that so we had this episode on our schedule, um, but we didn't really have any plans to do it anytime soon. But Lizzie or O'Leary on Twitter, um, her Twitter handle is Lizzie O'Reilly. Oh, really? Oh, really? Um, had posted a thread um from an old Southern cookbook that had some quote unquote salad recipes in it mm. that included like congealed salads and Coca-Cola salad, mm-hmm. um, which was just Coca-Cola cheese and nuts. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, pretty great. disgusting. So we had seen that and we, we retweeted it and we thought, okay, we got to do congealed. What is happening over there? I don't know. Our, my cat is freaking out. Um, we have to do congealed salads like pretty soon. So we want to give a shout out to her. Hi. Um, again, Lizzie O'Leary. Oh, really? Her, her um, handle on Twitter is Lizzie O'Reilly. Uh, and then also um, Yester Kitchen on YouTube had done a whole uh, uh, had done a post on congealed salads. And I had commented like, what the fuck? Why would anybody ever eat these things? And she was basically like, because the depression. Yeah. Um, so that had a big part to play in me even putting this on our list of um, episodes to begin with. So Yester Kitchen on YouTube. Make sure you go check that out. She makes a bunch of like retro foods from retro cookbooks and she just seems like i don't know if she's a mom but she just seems like really like awesome rocking mom so like go check out her youtube um yeah those are my two my two special things awesome thanks ladies yeah thank you check us out on instagram at drunk dish we're on twitter at drunk dish or drunk dish pod i don't ever remember which one um and then if we ever do that video <laughs> it'll, it'll be on the blog and on youtube of us eating fucking disgusting congealed salads that mm. will be on youtube as well uh and then i think that's all i have is that all i have yeah we have i'm gonna be posting um thomas jefferson's jello wine recipe we're gonna uh, make that too on the blog all right um and then yeah i'll, I'll post a couple other recipes too and some amazing research photos like illustrations of jello and gelatin and congealed salads from cookbooks on the blog too so make sure to check that out um but yeah what's the blog did you say drunk i did not say that thank you Melissa. that's fine i didn't say it at all so yeah uh drunkdish.com very cool excellent i want to say www before but then i remember that home movies episode where they argue about saying www before websites (laughs) i am so i resist you know what amy i'm already in love with you but (laughs) now that you've now that you've made that reference i'm like even more in love with you because i fucking love home movies oh my god nobody knows what it is and it breaks my heart 
if you Jason watch is the best if mm-hmm. you watch bob's burgers fucking yes. fine home movies nope. yes because coach mcgurk because it's the same people yep. and it's fucking awesome so good oh With my the- god so good. look the first yeah. season's in squiggle vision you know what get past it and move on and just enjoy the hilarity so yep. good on weird unsponsored plug for a home movies yeah a cartoon that hasn't been on air for like 10 years <laughs> It was on Netflix for the longest time. I think pulled. it's it's either on Netflix or Hulu now. Oh, okay, good. Or Amazon. I don't know. It's available. Find it. Figure it out, assholes. There's yeah, search <laughs> engines you can look to. Yeah, okay. Google's the thing. We're not the whole internet. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? All right, that's it. That's the end of our episode, right? Yeah. I think so okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs>